It's Wednesday, September the 22nd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, China's overseas coal pledge and Afghanistan's seat at the UN. First, the world in brief. In a pre-recorded speech at the UN General Assembly, President Xi Jinping of China said his country would stop financing coal-fired power plants overseas. China has long sponsored coal projects in developing countries, though not this year, as renewable energy prices have dropped. At home, China is still committed to the dirtiest fossil fuel. Last year, it built more than three times as much new coal-fired capacity as the rest of the world combined. The Taliban have nominated an ambassador to the United Nations, though Afghanistan's seat is currently held by a representative of the government they ousted. Whether to recognise the country's unpleasant new rulers will pose a conundrum to the UN. The Secretary-General's office indicated it is unlikely to be resolved before this year's General Assembly in New York concludes on Monday. Evergrande, the huge and heavily indebted Chinese property firm at the centre of a stock market panic, said it would honour its yuan-denominated debt interest repayments due on September 23rd. It had been expected to default. Evergrande is still playing coy about plans for its dollar-denominated debt. Earlier this week, it was reported that the firm had missed repayments to two big creditor banks. America's Department of Justice is scrutinising Zoom's proposed $15 billion acquisition of Five9, an American customer management firm. Regulators worry that the video conferencing giant's links with China might make the merger a national security risk. Zoom's allegedly cosy relationship with the Chinese government arouses suspicion in Washington, though the firm is based in Silicon Valley and its Chinese-born boss is an American citizen. The Biden administration and six states filed an antitrust suit to stop a partnership between American Airlines and JetBlue Airways. The two carriers sell each other's flights in America's Northeast and link frequent flyer programs. The suit alleges that their partnership will erode competition along routes where they previously rivaled each other. The firms deny the arrangement is anti-competitive. The OECD, a club of mostly rich countries, raised its inflation forecasts. Consumer price inflation across G20 countries is projected to reach 4.5% in the fourth quarter, driven by higher shipping costs and commodity prices, falling to around 3.5% by the end of 2022. Macroeconomic policy support remains, quote, necessary, the organisation said, until conditions normalise and labour markets recover. Johnson & Johnson, an American pharmaceutical giant, announced that a booster shot of its single-dose COVID-19 vaccine is 94% effective in preventing moderate to severe symptomatic disease in America when administered two months after the initial dose. The vaccine maker also said that the booster increases the level of antibodies by four to six times compared with a single shot. And fact of the day, 
87 million, the number of working children in Africa. It is more than a fifth of the continent's children. And now, here's today's agenda. Jab Ari Biden's Vaccine Summit Joe Biden, America's president, will host a vaccination summit today. It will be the largest gathering of heads of state to discuss the pandemic so far. They have plenty to talk about. More than 70% of people aged 12 or over have received a first dose, compared with just 6% in sub-Saharan Africa. As rich countries contemplate boosters, COVAX, a global vaccine-sharing initiative, has said that supplies in 2021 will be 25% below the amount previously forecast. Happily, India, COVAX's main supplier, this week said it would lift its jab export ban. Mr Biden is expected to call for 70% of the world to be fully vaccinated within 12 months. He also wants wealthy countries to add 1 billion doses to the 2 billion they have already promised and to provide $10 billion in new funding by the end of 2022. The summit is just a first step, however. Vaccine-producing countries have found commitments easier to make than to keep. Canary in a coal mine Evergrande Evergrande, the world's most indebted property company, announced on Wednesday that it will make a coupon payment on an onshore bond this week, easing fears of a sudden collapse. Analysts had been expecting it to default on both yuan and dollar-denominated interest payments. The fate of the dollar bonds is unclear. The possibility of a collapse shook markets around the world. Yields on the bonds of struggling Chinese developers soared, while financial institutions with high exposure to the property sector saw their market value drop. This crisis was a long time coming. Evergrande has increasingly relied on short-term debt in its business model, which uses borrowed money to build property that is sold before it is built. Since last August, the Chinese government has been cracking down on developers' ability to recruit debt, limiting both liability to asset and debt-to-equity ratios, and requiring companies to hold cash equivalent to their short-term debt. Such rules have changed the nature of China's property sector, which accounts for 20-25% to 25% of GDP. Expect the turmoil to stretch far beyond Evergrande. Tiptoeing to tapering. The Fed meets. It will not be the start of tightening, but it may well be the start of the start. At the conclusion on Wednesday of a meeting of its rate-setting committee, America's Federal Reserve is expected to state that it is on track to begin tapering monetary policy by the end of this year, that is, to reduce its purchases of assets currently set at $120 billion a month. The continued spread of COVID-19 has weighed on businesses recently, raising questions about whether the Fed is indeed willing to unwind its ultra-easy policies. But with inflation at a nearly three-decade high, it is unlikely to wait for long. 
Markets will also pay close attention to its policymakers' projections for future interest rates. For the first time, these projections will include forecasts for 2024, by which time, all going well, monetary policy should be back to normal. But the path there will be fraught. Uncomfortably high. Brazil's economy. Brazil's central bank will set its interest rate, currently at 5.25% on Wednesday. Analysts predict a 1% increase. Annual inflation reached 9.7% in August, the highest since 2016. But the central bank's president, Roberto Campos Nito, is determined to keep inflation no more than 1.5% above the government's goal of 3.75%, for 2021. That will be tricky. Drought has driven up electricity costs by 15% since July. Currency depreciation means fuel prices have risen more than 30% this year. And GDP fell by 0.1% in the second quarter, driving fears of stagflation. Two weeks ago, President Jair Bolsonaro took to the streets with hundreds of thousands of supporters to criticise judges and Brazil's electronic voting system. The next day, amid fears of a coup, the share prices of companies listed on the IBA Vespa, Brazil's main stock index, fell by nearly 4%. The real shed more than 2% of its value. The bank's forecasts for next year's GDP suggest feeble growth of just 1.6%. The future looks dreary. Supra Sopranos The Many Saints of Newark Many viewers argue that The Sopranos, a television show about the mafia underworld in New Jersey, was the greatest series yet made. Running from 1999 to 2007, it followed mob boss Tony Soprano, played by James Gandolfini, as he navigated life as both an introspective family man and the head of a criminal empire. Fourteen years after the finale abruptly cut to black, a prequel film will premiere at Beacon Theatre in New York on Wednesday night. The Many Saints of Newark explores Tony Soprano's teenage years in the 1960s, revolving around the Newark race riots of 1967. David Chase, the series' creator, who co-wrote the prequel with Lawrence Connor, based it on his experience growing up in the city at the time as various crime families battled for control. In a touch piece of casting, the young Tony is played by Michael Gandolfini, son of James, who died in 2013. With a possible sequel to the film already in the pipeline, the Soprano saga lives on. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Philip Stanhope, who was born on this day in 1694. Be wiser than other people if you can, but do not tell them so. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, 
you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download the Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.